0: All right, everybody. Welcome back to Tech Gumbo. I'm Haggai Davis III, co-hosting with Haggai Davis II, and we would like to thank you for joining our show. Tech Gumbo is a conversation about the past, present, and future of all things technology in a topical, interesting, and digestible way. We also want to thank our sponsor, Cardinal Capital. They connect businesses to capital. It does not matter what business you are in. Cardinal Capital has the resources all across the United States that are willing to help fund organizations of any size, lifecycle, category, or location. Cardinal Capital works with you to craft the best commercial finance package for you to achieve your business goals. Whether you're looking to refinance your current debt because of the new government programs and the favorable interest rates, or you're trying to finance new equipment or maybe acquire another business altogether, Cardinal Capital has the resources to make it happen. When banks cannot do a loan, they seek out Cardinal Capital to help. The Cardinal Capital guys are easy to work with and fun to be around. Contact them today at 225-308-3700 or send them an email at info@cardinalcap.net, And they'll be happy to help you with your commercial finance needs.
1: So each week we take a listener question here on Tech Gumbo about a topic that was sent to us via text at 225-308. Two five five zero four three one, and if you send us a question and we use your question as the question, we we will send you our beautiful Tech Gumbo mug. The question this week is: I heard there is something called fake ransomware. Is this true?
2: It is, Haggai. <laughs> we did a little research, and it is true that f- fake ransomware exists, and and moreover, it's effective.
1: Yes, this. so this isn't the, the full blown ransomware that's going to take down the Colonial Pipeline or bring down UCA, UCLA Hospital or, or one of these big, big, huge, very complex products. This is something that Johnny, the little hacker with hormones, went out to the dark web and and he he bought a real bargain basement ransomware package and attached it to some emails.
2: That's right. Yeah. So, so basically, for for the listeners out there trying to visualize what this bargain basement type of ransomware might look like, picture yourself walking into work, turn on your computer, and you get a lockout screen, and it says, "Pay me $150 or $500 or $1,000, and I'll decrypt your data."
1: Yeah. So instead of send me 20 bitcoins, and right now bitcoins are about Forty-five thousand dollars a piece. This guy just wants two hundred and fifty bucks because he wants weekend money. You know, this is his just. He doesn't. This is a side hustle kind of thing. Just wants some beer money. So he he sends out some crappy little ransomwares and just to make people mad enough to here's the check. Fine. I don't have to call my MSP and spend thousands and thousands of dollars rebuilding my network.
2: That's right, and what they're really preying on here is the first reaction of the user. They see a lockout screen demanding money or demanding a, a piece of a Bitcoin and they assume they've got the real deal ransomware.
1: yeah and so instead of you know calling in the MSP or calling the FBI or or, or calling whatever, they're calling they're they're calling this phone number or they're clicking on this link and they're they're start the negotiations and they get a message back for $250 we'll release the code. And and so you're the business owner and he's like $250 I spent that last night in dinner with my family are you kidding? Okay, fine. Here, here's my American Express.
2: That's exactly right. And the funny thing is what will typically solve this problem is simply power cycling your device.
1: But people don't know that.
2: That's right, but that's why we're here.
1: That's right, You know, we're wanting you to know the first thing you should probably do is try to recycle that computer. Don't just hit the power button, go ahead and power down, do a full reboot, unplug from the wall, plug it back in if you have to, and see if it comes back see if that all of a sudden it went away because it wasn't really a lockdown screen. It wasn't truly encrypting everything. It was just a little screen that popped up and said, Hey, you're going to send me some money.
2: And also if you're still unsure, call your IT service provider, call your IT department and that's your, your response and mitigation side of things. But absolutely
1: call the CIO, the CTO, call your IT group, call General Informatics if you need to, call whoever it is that you work with that takes care of your computers, let them know immediately, do not try and do this on your own.
2: And as with just about any kind of compromise, it almost always starts with a phishing email that a user clicked on an attachment or clicked on a link and malware ransomware was downloaded. So phishing prevention. 98%
1: 98% of the time, it's a user clicked on, on an email or on something. It's less less than 3% of the time is it somebody actually forcefully cracking a, a code and breaking in through a firewall kind of thing. This is almost, almost always somebody clicked on something that they knew they shouldn't have done as soon as they did it.
2: Fake ransomware, a cheap trick. Absolutely. So that's the question
1: of the week. Great question. Thank you for that. And again, you can send us a, a text at 225-255-0431 with your question. And again, if we use your question, we will send you a beautiful tech gumbo mug for free. So I want to take some time here to introduce Stephen Cavell. Stephen's with General Informatics, and he's he's a big part of the, the customer success team. and. Stephen, welcome to Tech Gumbo.
2: Thank you, Agai. It's uh, it's great to be aboard, and I'm having a lot of fun just rapping with you about this stuff. Good deal. So
1: I know you've done a real big dive into this Microsoft new commerce experience. Tell me, what's this all about?
2: Yeah, I've I've done a deep dive. It was very ungraceful, so probably not going to get any love from the Russian judges on that, but. Uh, I've, I've dug up some good information here. So basically what the fuss is about is Microsoft is about to make a, a really big change to their licensing. This is commercial licensing. So we're not talking about government and not-for-profit. Yet, there will be changes there down the road. But this is about commercial licensing for Office 365, Microsoft 365, and then in the future, probably the Power Platform and, and some others. But, you know, your listeners out there that have Word, Excel, Outlook, all those good things that they use day to day. Yes, this affects them. This affects how they buy their licensing and maybe more importantly, how much it costs.
1: Now, if you're a consumer at home with the free version, this is not about you. This is about the way businesses buy Office 365. Is that correct?
2: That's correct. It's actually called the new commerce experience so it's it's a different way to procure licensing and you can do it directly yourself for your own business direct through microsoft or you know if you're like most companies you're probably going to use an indirect reseller or a partner an msp somebody like that that kind of handles manages your your licensing as well as the procurement but it's going to change the way they buy licensing for you
1: so you up to this point businesses have been working with managed service providers who have been part of the cloud solution provider network that Microsoft wanted everybody to join. And so you're Steven Incorporated, General Informatics is the company you're working with to take care of your IT stuff. You have bought your Office 365 license through General Informatics because General Informatics has been the cloud solution provider. How is that relationship changing?
2: Yeah, so the, I guess at its core, the relationship does not have to change, only the the pricing and options that your, your solution provider like General Informatics can offer you, and that's uh, just coming directly from upstream at Microsoft.
1: Your General Informatics relationship with Stephen Incorporated is not going to change. It's the relationship Microsoft has with General Informatics. So for you, the business owner, you, the business decision maker, this is not Directly affecting you, it's, it's indirectly going to affect you. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, I would say it, it may directly affect the cost of of doing business from a from the uh, from an IT spend standpoint on licensing, but it, I would say the from a relationship standpoint, it probably changes the relationship a bit more for for the MSP to Microsoft. But you know, it also could be. These changes, anytime there's, there's a significant change in, in IT, sometimes it means your relationship as the consumer or as the, comp- as the, you know, the small business, mid-market business, it, it probably makes your relationship with the MSP, like General Informatics, all that more important, so they can shepherd you through those changes and, and do the research and give you all the options that you'll need to make a, an informed decision.
1: So what exactly is changing?
2: Yeah, so basically Microsoft has a churn problem. Uh, and what I mean by that is, the way that you can purchase Microsoft licenses up until now was that you could buy them, and it was a very flexible schedule. You could buy month-to-month licenses. You could reduce the number of licenses if you're, you know, or or increase it at any time based on maybe a seasonality of your workforce. So, you know, workforce reduces and in the winter, you can drop those licenses. So construction industry can be affected by this, you know, obviously agriculture and others, but basically all of those micro transactions, if you want to think about it that way, there's probably 30,000 MSPs in this country alone and Microsoft is selling licensing through these MSPs to the ultimate end user, which is your company. And your company may add licenses or reduce licenses or upgrade licenses, you know, hundreds of times a year. So that's a lot of microtransactions that ultimately Microsoft and their accounting team is having to process. And so there's a cost that comes with all of those microtransactions. And what they want to do is mitigate that churn. They want less of that. They want more stable, annual recurring revenue projections. So I think that's the business case they're trying to solve for.
1: You're, as the business executive, business owner, business decision maker, you're looking now at annual contracts, not month to month.
2: That's correct. You you can you are now probably looking at 12-month or 36-month agreements. You can still do a month-to-month month under this new commerce experience from Microsoft, but you're going to pay a premium. So, the first thing that we probably need to get get out of the way is that Microsoft will be raising the price of its commercial licensing across the board, and that's happening March 1st. So, no matter what type of commercial licensing you have? Again this does not impact government and not for profit, but commercial licensing are going that's going to increase 15 to 20 percent come March 1st. So your business standard, your business premium, your business basic, that's all going to go up 15 to 20 percent on March 1.
1: Unless I had a an existing contract already in place, then upon that's remotes-
2: correct. That's correct. If you have an existing contract in place, that will remain the case. But on renewal, that's when you can expect your price increase. Now, what Microsoft has offered between now and March 1 is the the opportunity to go for a 12-month or a 36-month term agreement for your licensing, and you can keep your current pricing level. So if you're paying 12 bucks a month for standard you can you can continue to do that by signing up for a one year or three year agreement through your your IT service provider like general informatics uh, or even direct if you happen to buy your licenses direct through microsoft now having said that you will be expected to pay up front for that year or the 36 month term so it could be that could be a bitter pill to swallow as as a, as an executive because that's that's a much larger cash outlay than you were predicting to have in 2022.
1: So what kind of cancellation policies is is gonna be rolled out with this?
2: Well, you would think with longer term agreements like 12 months and 36 months that there would be a longer cancellation or, or refund period, but in fact, you would be wrong. So with the new commerce experience from Microsoft, you have a 72 hour window to either cancel your purchase, which you would not get a full refund, you would get a prorated refund down to the minute, believe it or not. But you have a 72-hour window to cancel that. So let's say your, your your existing contract is coming up in say April 30th, okay? And you say, you know what, I don't want to, I don't want to do Microsoft anymore. The the price is gonna be too, I, I just want to shut it down. Well, you've got 72 hours from April 30th to make that call. And what's important to note here is that the 72-hour window does include weekends and holidays. So, it's not just business days.
1: So, if you're going to make these decisions, make them on Monday or Tuesdays.
2: That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. So, so, Microsoft is not playing around.
1: Are there any exceptions to the 72-hour cancellation policy?
2: Not that I know of.
1: Wow. So, if I have... 20 employees, and I add three employees for a, a three month job.
2: I You're have- going to have those three licenses for the year. Now, it, it's important to, to discern here that if you decided to do a month to month and you just said, that's okay, I'll do a month to month, and I accept that my pricing is going to be 15 to 20% higher, maybe even a little bit more, then you can add or reduce licenses at any time, but you're gonna pay a premium for that. So your $12 business standard license is probably gonna cost you 16 bucks a month. So, you know, you scale that out to 400 employees, you've got a quite a significant cost increase, but you will have that flexibility. Now, if you do a 12 month or a 36 month agreement to try to keep, you know, lock in that current price that you pay today and avoid any price increase, keep in mind that once you do that, and you add those three licenses for three new hires, and then say you get rid of those people six months later, well, you're still stuck paying for those licenses for as long as the term of that agreement is.
1: Because you can do mixing and matching with the long-term contracts and the month-to-month, correct?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a great point. So one, one way to to account for some flexibility for yourself and that, that Microsoft will allow for in this new commerce experience is a mixture of long-term and month-to-month licenses. So what we would probably recommend is some sort of mixture of maybe 80-20. So if you've got 100 employees, you probably want to lock in the price on a long-term agreement, 12 or 36 months for 80% of your licenses. So let's say it's business standard licenses. You lock in 80 of them out of your 100 employees and then 20 pay month-to-month. Yes, you'll pay a higher premium for those 20, 20 licenses, but you will have the flexibility to reduce those, you know, get rid of those 20 if you need to. And of course, you can always add at any point, but having month-to-month licenses allows you to reduce the number of licenses. So if you expect some seasonal changes in your workforce, that would be our recommendation, do a mixture.
1: Now, I know there's some some language about being able to transfer these licenses around if you're trying to switch companies. How does that work?
2: Well, the short answer is it doesn't. So, <laughs> Microsoft has stipulated that any any licensing agreement that you get into through a reseller like an MSP like a General Informatics, you will have to keep that agreement with General Informatics or with whatever other company until the term of that agreement has elapsed.
1: So, if you're working with managed service provider A and you're wanting to switch to managed service provider B, you're not going to be able to switch you can switch the management of the network but not your office 365 until that license expires that's
2: there's correct yeah there's, so there's, so if you're working with MSP A over here and they they're doing everything for you including your licensing and you're in the middle of a you know 6 month into a 12 month licensing agreement and you want to switch to MSP B for everything you can do that all except for the actual procurement of the licensing, that MSPA will still have to act as basically the billing department for Microsoft. They will be still be the ones that bill you for the licensing, and, and they basically own that agreement or are stuck with it, depending on how you look at it. But the, the management of the network can be done by the new MSP.
1: Summarize this for me real quick.
2: Yeah, so basically the, the number one thing to know is that all prices are going to go up for Microsoft except for go- government and not for profit. So to prepare for that, you probably ought to reach out to your MSP, reach out to General Informatics. If you're a General Informatics customer, reach out, reach out to your customer success manager and ask them about options. And we'll be putting out messaging to our clients, too, to educate them and get them all the options they need to make an informed decision. But prices are going up. You'll have a few options to do you know, longer term things, to lock in current prices and avoid a, an increase, or do a month-to-month or a mixture.
1: Very good. Stephen... Thank you very much for spending some time with us here on Tech Gumbo.
2: Thank you, Haggai. It's been a pleasure.
1: Great. Look forward to having you back. And we want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed service provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers across the Southeast United States. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through continuous innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 120 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, programmers, and designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of businesses, schools, and government agencies. Our managed services team can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis letting you focus on your business's strengths. This has become a proven formula, so proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need IT services, new technology, or have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. And if you enjoyed our show today, we're here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at four, and the show reruns Sunday at 4 p.m. If you missed any part of the show or would like to hear this or any previous episode, check out our podcast available on most every podcast platform, including Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, Overcast, Player FM, Podchaser, and more. Be sure to subscribe when you're there. That way you'll be notified every time we post a new episode. And if you like our show or if you have any suggestions, let us know via text at 225 255 And if you send us a question and we use your question as the question of the week, we will send you a free Tech Gumbo mug. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.